Topics on the podcast on your fucking Instagram? Nah, I thought about that. You fucking piece of shit, dude. <laughs> Why would you do that? It's okay. Alright, I got a topic that I just need to like vent about. But actually, hold on. Let me um, move this back a little bit. We are getting the... There it is. We were getting um, pretty high levels. You see that? Yeah. Yeah, so that's not good. Like, that's probably gonna... I'm wondering what that's going to sound like, but everything else sounds pretty good from here. Um, Why would it have that? I think maybe the volume was too loud. Uh Yeah. So I I got I got I got a whole decision to make. I got I got I'm in a little bit of a dilemma. I'm not noticing a lack of motivation with the podcast. This is what I'm noticing, bro. I need your advice on this. I'm noticing I'm at a point in my life where I don't know. Like, for example, with this gig I just got, should I keep going down that path? Should I start a little fucking company where I'm like the podcast host for like four podcasts? Like Charlemagne is a radio personality for multiple. That would be perfect. Would that be a dope business? Yeah, I want to get in on that because I love this. Right. You know? Um... Because I don't know, like, I think objectively this podcast is a good podcast. Like, I don't think anybody listens to it with the music, with the topic selection. Each guest, I think, has brought good shit. Yeah. We've had the hometown crew here on there a ton. We've had random people on there. Right. Um, so I think the content is good. I think what I've always known about myself is I hate the marketing piece. Now, one thing I am good at is I'm good at partnerships and putting a team together. So I'm wondering why don't why don't I have the motivation to spend the same entrepreneurial energy in this? And I think the answer is remember when I started this, I said I wasn't gonna be so hard on myself. Right. So I think that's still stuck in my head. But I think, bro, sixty episodes later, you how you you gotta take it seriously now. Yeah. Sixty episodes later, you in too deep. And I've already took the content part seriously. Right. Let me figure out this shit. With the music, the 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 content, you know, the photographs, like yeah. taking that part seriously. But you know, 
we need more than 500 downloads. Yeah, we, we need do. to have niggas hear it. Exactly. You know? You didn't have people hear it, so I mean... So, it sounds like you're taking it serious, but you don't want to take it too serious. So the question is, should I take it serious where, where I go and find... Really what I need to do is I need to go find a chief chief marketing officer and put him and make him as my co-founder of this podcast and bring you in as well since you're a consistent guest and give everybody equity. That's really what that's what um Joe Budden was supposed to do. But he didn't do that. No, but Roy Roy and Maul, right. They do that. So they they have equity, any consistent like Vlad TV does that. Um Boosie, Boosie Badass has stock and gets paid every time you see him on Flat TV because he's a consistent guest. So Brooke would have a little equity. Sydney have equity. You have equity. Um, if Kenzie and Dylan started becoming more, you know, they have, you know. So, um, so pretty much when you do that, you need to have like a team. So I'd have someone that handles sound quality and engineering. You know, I'd have someone that handles managing the Twitter and the Instagram, like literally just can make, make content. Right. I invest in setting up this office to look like a fucking studio and do and do video. Right. And then I have somebody be really be the marketing person, like really reaching out and running Facebook ads, running Instagram ads, running Twitter ads, running Snapchat ads, um, getting like really big guests on, like not really big, but like getting people that have like 15, 20,000 followers consistently and like, and up, right? And up, because that's how you grow. How you grow? The number one way you grow podcast is by having people on the podcast that already have a fan base. Yes, exactly. That's the number one thing. Yeah. And I've done it organically. The five hundred downloads, niggas only. It's just based off of great conversations. Exactly. And I think the title also speaks to people as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all that shit that I just said, guys, takes a lot of energy because I've done it in my real life. Because in my business life, I've done that. So I think I'm like, do I want to put that energy into something that's more creative for me? But the answer is objectively fucking yes, nigga, because this shit can make money. What the fuck? Exactly. Use, utilize your talents to your best needs. We need to get to this money with this podcast. And we, we and what we could do, let's actually jump to this topic. Let's talk about Sabrina Cumber right now. Let's do it. I think the easiest place you could start is making a Supreme Comfort podcast. Yeah. That's the easiest place to start. That's the easy. You could start that tomorrow. This could be the first episode now. Right. Because you already got the setup because you have me. You already have, you already have the studio. You don't, you don't need anything. Right. You don't need everything. You got everything you need right here. Start it now. Figure out what type of guests you want to have. Figure out if you want to do some solo content. Um, Make the logo the logo of the podcast. Start reaching out to guests like I do, and start start doing it. Use Anchor to uh, to distribute it. Immediately go to Spotify. I love I love aesthetically how Spotify looks over any other podcasting platform. I love Spotify. Yeah, I do love Spotify. But if you just look at um, if you just look at like the way it looks, like I just think it looks dope. I think it looks cooler. You know what I mean? Yeah, it does. Like the other podcasting platform, it looks stupid. Like this looks so. I mean, I guess it looks kind of cool too. It looks like it's just different. That's all. Yeah, I like Spotify. I said aesthetically, so you could do that. That'd be the easiest place to start. Would be the podcast, I think. Right. Okay. But that's the thing. If you're gonna do it, my advice would be to do it better than me. Do it right from the beginning. So I started the content right from the beginning. You got to get the content right. You got to get a team around you. A minimum, in my personal opinion, a minimum of someone to create creative content for you, like graphic arts, right. someone to take, like, let's say you put $200 a month. Like, realistically, I could take $300 a month and just dump it into ads right? Okay. and have somebody manage that process. But, like, okay, you know what I mean? Because, um, you know, you can run an ad on Instagram, run an ad through Snapchat or TikTok or Twitter. And you when you run that ad, you know, it gets directly visible and seen by people. You could like clip certain episodes and clip certain parts of the episode and um 
you know, someone that's handling guest selection, like start start it right from the beginning. Start a team. You can start a team. You got you got me, you got yourself. Fuck it, you know, bring Brooke in. Have her start doing some administrative type shit. Get her head wrapped around business. Have her start fucking no, something. You can figure something out. Booking guests or Yeah. So you're gonna need to learn how to be a little bit more open going. You wanna be in business, you gotta learn to be a little bit more whatever, right? So Yeah, so this would truly be me putting myself in an uncomfortable zone, but I gotta push through it. Yep. If you wanna chase that goal, you wanna get to that goal, you gotta mm-hmm. you gotta deal with uncomfortable situations. Yeah. Especially the ones that help you grow. Mm-hmm. So that's how I'm looking at it. I gave somebody an uncomfortable situation today. Shanya, the stakeholder of that thirty thousand dollar deal. I told her today that she was a shitty leader. Yeah. And I typically don't give negative feedback too often. She was a great leader. Make sure they manage people's bandwidth. So I was like, hey, Denzel, I, I noticed without you even saying anything that you're a little bit stressed out. How's the family doing? How's your girlfriend doing? How are you doing mentally? Oh, shit. Okay. Take the afternoon off. Paid. Just go home and just chill. You know what I mean? Just like, oh, shit, we want to talk about some shit? Let's talk about a little, you know. Don't tell me t- too much because I'm HR, but, like, let's talk, you know, what's going on, right? Like, that's important. Right. I'm supposed to know your schedule, your bandwidth, how much how much energy you have to devote to certain tasks. What other projects are you working on? Like, if you was, like, more in the corporate setting, right? Yeah. I'm supposed to know, we're supposed to store that information. So, your schedule where we are in a project that's all stored somewhere, like in a visual like project management board. You know what I'm right. saying? That's part of leadership too. Right. It's like taking control of that. And Shania did not take control of that. And it's fucking up this other phase of our client right now. And I told her the truth. I was like, you got to not do that. <laughs> you fucking up. You got to take care of your people. Keep up with your people. Yeah. People are the reason why you even have an opportunity like this. Exactly. Exactly. And so, I don't know why the fuck I even brought that up, but like that's, that's, it's a difficult thing to do. Yeah, because I think, I think a lot of leaders, they get too caught up in, you know, just the business side or just the customer Just making the business bigger or making it run better. Yeah. Instead of, taking care of your people, which will actually make your business run better. That's what I really want to do. I mean, seriously, like if I ever pitch them, that's what I, I'll give my pitch right now. I've been really thinking about it. Miss Maurice, kudos. Great business. I'll do some my research, know how many businesses they have. You know, let me tell you a little bit about myself. Cause you think I'm this nigga, but I'm actually something else. Do that whole background, right? Be like, and we could do the math on it. How many centers they have? 30? Around there, I think 27, 30. And how many people typically does it take to manage it? Two people per shift. They change up shifts probably three times a week. Two, four, six. I think you got 10, 10 to 15 people a center? 10, 12? Something like that, yeah. Right? So 10, 12 times 30. What was it? Yeah, 12, yeah. so they have 360 employees at a minimum, just what Sydney does. Right. Doctors, what do you think they have? Two or three a center? Some centers, one, depending on how, okay. how fast-paced it is. At a minimum, he has a company size of 400. At a minimum. And don't forget the med techs and the x-ray techs. So, at a minimum, 500 employees. Right? Yeah. Here's my pitch to him. I'll give you the whole pitch. I I never thought of the number part until now. I'll give him... I'll give his company 15 hours a week. And all I want to do is do what you do. I want to drive around to each center. And I want to have 20-minute one-on-ones with each employee there. So, all the centers I can get to. You get to all the centers? Yeah, basically, except for Salzburg. Right, I want to get to all the centers, and I want to have one-on-ones with the employees. I want to sit down and say, hey, Denzel, what do you... Go over different things. What do you... What about what you're doing can we make you do to do your job better, but you... I'm high. Hold on. 
it would make your job easier. So what can you do? What What is something about your job that can be easier that would also make your job, um, that would also make the company better? Like what, like what, what new processes, what new shit can you tell us, right? Mm-hmm. So putting you on a pedestal, Denzel, you, you're CEO of, what's your role? Carriers. You're CEO of Carriers. Today. Tell us how we can do this better. Even if you weren't here, how would it be done better, right? Yeah. Then we can say, where are we fucking up? What are we doing that's that's not making your job great? And then we can say, how's life? How's how's a family? How's how's your mental Where are you trying to go? What are you trying to do? Can is there anything we can do for your learning and development? Anything we can do here? Do you want to expand? Like what the fuck can we do? And those check-ins should happen once a month. Yeah. So it's not too much, but once a month, right? I personally would do that for all their centers for 15 hours a week. I do that. I do that for three thousand dollars a month, which is not a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. I would do that, right? Just to start out, right? And that's a that's a real thing. Like you said, that's really going to help the business grow. Exactly, because people are the key. It's gonna it's gonna improve retention. I'm gonna give them a report each month. I'll give the, I'll give Miss Maurice a report and have a, a ninety minute meeting with them to review the report. Say, here are the points of views, here are the certain things, the ideas and the different procedures and processes from the centers. Sit down with, you know, Brooke's mother and like go over things like operationally, sit down with some of the leaders in the company because there's other, you know, like here's the report, here's the data. Right. I do that. It costs more to, uh, to keep rehiring mm-hmm. than it does to retain a. Uh, and I'm asking for three, I'm asking for $36,000. Now, here's what I would do. You could do it three different ways. Give me three thousand a month. Write a thirty-six thousand big boy right now. Oh. <laughs> or or split it in half or pay me quarterly. I probably would push them to pay me quarterly. So I probably would push them to do like thirty-six times four. So I probably want nine thousand dollars every three months. Or I might take the three thousand dollars a month. I like the cash flow. Yeah, cash flow is more consistent. Because when you take bigger bulks, you got to spread it out. Exactly. You want cash flow. Cash flow. You know, because it's more consistent. And with the, the every three months, you might get a big bulk. But like you said, you got to spread it out. Shit's fucked up in life. You might need that whole nine immediately. Exactly. And then you fuck. Yeah. You're not getting nothing for another nine. For, you know, that, you know, so. But what do you think about that idea? That's a real idea. I mean, that's really... I've done that for coming before. That's real. Like, it's not an idea. I think it's a good idea. I think it'd be an idea for them. It would help employee engagement. It would help, I think, people, not like you, but that are in the offices that we know for a fact have complained and have some... They have no one to complain to. Oh, yeah. They have no one to vent to. But you see what I'm doing? As, as I'm kind of like a backwards-ass therapist. As they're venting... I'm I'm connecting it to processes, connecting it to changes and adjustments. And so when I give Mr. Maurice the report, I'm not giving him the report complaining about shit. I'm giving him the report of here's what the issues are. And I already thought of things you could do to fix them. Yeah, because you get past the complaining. Oh, why are you complaining? You just get how it could be better. Right now. I think Mr. Maurice will respect the shit out of that. It takes the friction away from it. Yep. And I learned that because I, I used to do I used to do the complaining part with Fit to Go. With Fit to Go, my first year as the head of people, I used to go and get really emotional and have really like emotional conversations with the CEO, like, dude, like they really need this, they really need that. Da, 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 da. And he used to say, Anthony, what you're not fucking getting is like you work for the fucking business. And like and like the employees and and so I was, I would get really frustrated, and that's where the E one B two mindset, employees first, came from. Oh wow! And then I thought to myself one day, I said, I'm not giving him. And what do I say about our partner? Sometimes I say, give me a fucking solution. Don't tell me nothing. You heard me say that today, or no, you weren't there when we were trying to figure out the drug thing for my mom. Sydney so started going down a rabbit hole of what is this and that. And then, don't say nothing unless you got a solution. Yeah. Right? Solutions. Complaining does nothing for me right now. When 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 the stakes are high, imagine like you were a sniper and you gotta kill this nigga. 
Imagine somebody in here, bro. This is why it'll go wrong. This is why you can't shoot him. Fuck that. Yeah. Don't say anything to me unless you're gonna tell me how I can shoot this nigga better. Exactly, because it fucks up the momentum of you trying to fix what you need to fix. Mm-hmm. Because you start you start complaining, and then once you start complaining, you really start thinking like, yo, how am I, how am I going to do this? And you start getting anxiety around how you're going to do it, and you don't really find a solution until it's too late. Yep. So long story short, this is a long ass intro. I would do that. I would do that business model. Yeah, another stream of. Uh, I've been thinking about it. like I've seriously been, I've been thinking about doing it like asking like putting a pitch together soon. And kind of introduce myself because I got I've talked to Miss Kelly now via text and email about my mom before. I don't know. I might do it. I might finally do it. Remember, I've been talking that shit. You know how I am, too. I, since I mentioned anything, I'm going to talk to him one day. Like, I'm going to pull up on him. Oh, shit. Okay. I think they will respect that. And then, of course, you know, she's like, well, what if it backfires and they think you're an idiot? Do I give a fuck, dude? You know how many times I've, made, I've been made, I look crazy? I'm trying to pitch things, trying to close deals. They're like, dude, we're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> You know, yeah, that's crazy. I told you the other day, I just lost a half a million dollar deal the other day. What half a million? That million? nonprofit HR. Oh yeah. I remember, I got back in touch with the CEO. Had two meetings. Meetings went great. Got an email. Hey, Anthony, we're gonna move on. Dang. That's a potential half a million dollars gone. Fuck these hoes. You got to keep moving on. Yeah, I think they were like slightly unprofessional though. Hmm. When. Oh, with all that shit, right? Yeah. Cause it's like it's literally made you think like, yo, I'm about to scoop this shit. Yeah, it was there. Yeah, that was fucked up. Remember that other girl? Oh yeah. That's yeah. crazy. <laughs> she I just shitted on her without her even knowing right now though. Yeah. And that's all that matters. You don't need to tell her. Mm-hmm. Like that shit really made my life way better these last couple of months. Exactly. I was actually able to celebrate something because I did it. Shit it on that bitch. <laughs> Damn. I right, pull up with one of your topics. That's so. That's the intro. We've been doing long ass intros lately. Yeah, what's up with that? I don't know. Fuck it. Uh, what should I start with? Should I start with a deep one? Yeah, do a hard hitting one. We just talked about a little bit of bubblegum shit just there. So. All right, I got it. I actually, I might enjoy this conversation. The notion that human life is sacred just because it is human life is medieval. Peter Singer, thoughts. So essentially, he's saying it's an old school. It's an old school ass opinion to think that the human life is sacred. So let's let's break it down. What is he? What do you think uh, sacred human life is? What is he, What is that old school opinion? What does that mean? I think. I think the 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 old school opinion is that the fact that I get to wake up and open my eyes. And walk and, you know, the fact that I'm alive and I'm here and I'm in existence when I'm probably one in one in a trillion. That's how that's how the odds were stacked against me. But I'm here. Like some Gary Vee mindset shit. Yeah. But I'm here. So that means something. Now, what do you think the new opinion is? Or is that the new opinion? Because he said the medieval opinions. Yeah, I don't. What what he thinks, I'm not sure. I think it could be inferred as him saying. Maybe we value. Maybe we. Maybe lives were more sacred because there wasn't a billion people on Earth or six billion people on Earth. Yeah. You know, there there was a time in, in medieval times where, I mean, there were hundreds of thousands of people on Earth, and you didn't live long at all. Looked until you were like 35, 40. Maybe 50. Yep. So I think what he means is that as technology gets better, as we, you know, figure out more health secrets and all of that, and we get to a point where the human body is completely protected from anything and everything, there's no diseases, none of that, or we have a, you know, a medicine for it, I think that it takes away the, the sacredness of it. Because it's so elongated. Yeah. I remember somebody said if 
if you know someone's always going to do something for you, it doesn't teach you how to do it for yourself. Or if you know you're always going to get saved, you know, you don't do things for yourself. Or like, I guess really from that, like, like for the elongated perspective, it's going to make people not be as proactive with their lives. Because like, oh, no, worry about it. I got tomorrow. I got tomorrow. Exactly. I got tomorrow. I got tomorrow. So if you I think got tomorrow. you're going to be here forever, you're going to be lackadaisical about everything. Well, I got another lifetime for that. Oh, yeah, that'll be fine. I can be fucked up for this little 10-year stretch and then the next 10 years be productive and then another fucked up stretch. Yep. And that is so true. Time? And that is... Oh, go ahead. My bad. No, no, no. I was going to say, no, that's so true. Like, that's something that I think I kind of pride myself on, but I think there are times that I definitely need to work on it. Like, there are times where I, I guess some, some would say, bro, like you're working too hard, you know, like, like whatever the case is going to be. But, but in my mindset, it's like every minute fucking counts. Like, you know, and I think that's because I went to jail. Mm-hmm. You know, I tell people all the time to be able to sit down for 18 months and not, bro, when you're in jail, it's literally nothing to do besides shit, eat, work out, take a shower, play spades. You're just, it's those f- four to six activities. Talk shit, fight people, mm. make jokes write poetry. Like, there's only so much to do. It's very, very insular. Right. And I think that experience taught me that life can move fast, but really slow at the same time, too. Yeah, it can. And while it's moving fast, you need to fucking be moving just as fast getting shit done. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, that's why I've been a big proponent. People think I'm crazy. I said, I... I, I some people need to almost fucking die. Some people need to go to jail. Some people need to go through shit like, like it's the craziest thing in the world. I told my mom this the other day. As envious as I am for people that have all their finances together, great job, great traditional things in order, great, you know, great big healthy family, great all these things. For all those people that have that shit, most of them don't have the the skin and the thick skin and the fortitude to push through fucked up shit. So as much as I complain, I'm very grateful that I have an experience and I will I go through fucked up shit. Cause life is a fucking roller coaster and there will be a time where it fucking takes a big bullet and puts a hole in your fucking head yeah, and puts sure. you through something. You gotta be able to be built for it. Cause it's coming. That's the scary part. You do realize that like something bad is always around the corner. You never know when it's going to be. Then why do the rich stay rich? Because they're always prepared. Education. And I think... I think there's an argument to be made that it's actually a good thing good thing to always <laughs> be prepared. Because if you're always prepared, you don't miss. Nope. That can be an opinion. But even if you do miss, you always have an ability to recover. But if you don't miss because you're educated, and even if you do miss because you're educated. You really didn't miss. You, you always learn miss. something. You always learn something. You know? And I and I said this to my mom, it was this is the scary shit, and then you can maybe pick another topic, whatever. Like I I'm seeing, I'm noticing her not preparing as much. So when you start to lose momentum. And you're not accepting opportunities as much because you're just drained and you're just drained. What you do is you're the fucked up shit that you go through gets manifest six or eight months or 12 months later. Right. Like there are fucked up things that are coming my way that are maybe taxes related or whatever related, right? That I'm swallowing for cash flow, for getting my career to a certain point. Like I'm hoping that I can cash in these chips now so that I can protect the future. But the issue that I think she's faced with is she's not doing enough of the now. And then when fucked, fucked, fucked up things happen, there's no preparation system. Exactly. There's no way to survive. And I said to her mom, I said, 
one thing I've learned from you that I'm trying to get you to get back on the track of doing is I always am doing something to be able to protect myself somehow, some way. And I said, mom, you could be getting to a point where maybe there's no more protection. Right. That's the scary part. The whole point of life is literally to have survival. Right. You know, what are your thoughts on that? I think I agree. I think the protection is important. And I think that it's important that you are always prepared because when you're not prepared, you can get stuck in this fucking loop of fucked up shit. Because it all piles on that, 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 that. And so until you're all the way down to the ground, you can't get up. And so... And you're looking around like, how the fuck did I get that? Exactly, because it happens so fucking fast. Because when you're having a bad time, it's not a good time. So I tell people, eat that fucking shit. Eat that fucking pain. Eat that fucking... Eat your ego and fucking push. Gotta push. I'm not saying ignore... And that's why you see for me, and the same thing for you, niggas. I haven't seen it too much for you. That's why you seen, you see me go through what, like two depressions, two depressions, you know. And I'm honest about them, but like three days, four days, maybe longest was two weeks, and then. But even then, I'm like maintaining somehow, you know. Yeah. You can't let that. You can't just let bad shit like me. You know, you know people that. Just constantly stressed, constantly going through fucked up shit, constant anxiety, constant just boom, just keep bumping up. You yep. can't let that. You can't let life do that to you. Fuck that shit. Yeah, fuck that shit for real. You can't let life do that to you because it'll beat you down. Fuck that. So you can't get up and you're down for the count. Fuck that shit. Seriously. <laughs> Honestly, so while you have the energy to deal with those things, make shit happen. Yep. And don't wait till it's too late. All right. We'll switch up from the Tony Robbins shit. Okay. Can torture be justified? Damn. <coughs> I think... Yeah, I just want to say what, uh, what, what first came to mind. Yeah, I think it can. Give me an example. Um... <laughs> have a kid and my kid was kidnapped and the person who knows where my kid is won't tell me okay you would torture the fucking piss out of him yep and is that justified in my eyes it is did you did you ever was i ever high shit and told you i think i told you and sydney the story right that night that night i was we were all fucked up i was fucked up and Brooke ate that gummy. <laughs> I don't remember that. I really don't. I told a story. So I wrote this movie script one time. Mm-hmm. I really did. Like I looked up how to write a movie script and wrote like 50 pages of it. I said, here's the first opening scene. Fuck the opening scene. Here's the story. Here's the plot. I said, there's a white boy, maybe 13 that for whatever reason can't explain why he hates racism and slavery. So it's set back in that time. And imagine the first few scenes are just him noticing his father, just fucking his father owns a farm, owns slaves, fucking ruining them. You know what I mean? And normally the rest of the kids want to be like their dads too. But for whatever reason, he's different. He doesn't want to do it. He doesn't want to be like his dad. And, um, there comes a moment where he has to, at like maybe 16 or 17, kill a slave. And his dad forced him to. And his dad noticed in that moment that it wasn't natural for him. He didn't want to actually do it. And his dad got aggressive and tried to fuck him up. And then he accidentally killed his dad, too. Damn. Right? So here's the punchline of the movie. I fast forward maybe... 50 years later, not that, maybe that long, seven or 10 years later. And you go down into his basement. This is the shot. And you see nothing but like cages. And instead of black people, guess who's in there? White people. All the slave owners. And he's torturing them and he's teaching them the lessons of the psychological fucking pain that he's putting these people through. Justify it. 
That's that's first of all, that's a hard ass movie. You I can't. I can't. You want to get that made? I want to get that made. We could probably film it ourselves, honestly. That's it's, crazy. It's submitted to um, one of those Sundance film. We could we could realistically write it and, and sell it to a company that like we could do that. Yeah. Realistically, because filming a movie is very crazy, but we could write it. That's a crazy idea, isn't it? Yeah. Did you, could you visualize that? I was like, that's crazy. That was cr- yo. That shit gave me chills. That's like, like crazy. Yo, yo. That's wild. You're gonna ask me? I came out with that shit years ago. I was high as shit. Came out with that whole concept. Yo, use this talent, man. Honestly, no. That's a see. That's a crazy creative idea. That's a movie. That's a movie, nigga. That's a um get out type shit movie. And then so you want to hear the ending of it? Here's the ending. I'll tell you the ending. So they go through the whole process of him keeping these people, you know, captive, holding them captive and hostage. And then eventually it gets to the end. And they go through all the trials and tribulations of him even like contemplating in his mind, am I doing the right thing? Like, is torturing them, oh, shit, I'm just like my father. I'm doing the same thing. So he's contemplating, is this the right way to go, the right path? One of them gets out. He ends up losing it again and kills them. So now he's fucked up. So now that, because he wasn't actually torturing them physically. He was torturing them mentally. Right. He was just constantly having conversations and putting them through therapy and teaching them how fucked up they are being. And just like, but they're locked up. So they are being, the. that's why jail, the mental torture is crazy. Damn. Right? So here's the final scene. Another one gets out, but actually gets out. It immediately shoots to them in a courthouse. They get all the way to the end. The jury stands up and gives a 15 minute long speech saying for the first time they're going to utilize a loophole in the in the system and they're for the one of the first times in like US history they're going to let um a mass murderer walk out the doors and it's a jury of white racist people so he finally did it he convinced white people to 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 admit that racism is fucked up and they let him walk and then the movie and then the movie just goes to black yo That'd be a great movie, nigga. Yo, imagine a reality like that, though. Yeah. Or I thought about ending when they're about to give the verdict and letting the audience decide. That actually yeah, is probably better. Yeah, that's Because then it's like, is there going to be a part two? No, there's not. Are they ever going to give the answer? No, it's up for interpretation. Yeah. Cut it out right. We pronounce the uh, defendant, go to black. And then they have, they remember, they give a whole speech. One part of us feels he's right and justified. The other part of us doesn't feel he's justified. So. And another, I, another play could be, if that was a black man that tried to do that, mm, he would have went to jail. He definitely wouldn't went to jail. They would have murdered him. They would have killed him. Yeah. Um, and you know what that that symbolizes? What's that? If you look like one of us, we trust you. Yep. That's what that symbolizes. Hold down the four for thirty seconds. Yeah, hold down the four for thirty. Actually, I don't have to do that. I can, I can pause it. All right. So, let me see another topic here. So the top golf people want to want a definite answer and 50% down payment to hold a, a spot by tomorrow night. If you sure you want to do this, if you sure you if you sure you want to do this, I can spot the down payment, but I want to make sure everyone is down for this. Sixty dollars for this. Hey, let me get this correct. You're saying that. Is this like a sales tactic or is this legitimate? To secure a, a, a spot that day for that big of a crew, they wanna they wanna hold fifty percent down. What's the what's the down payment? Or I guess it's sixty times fifteen. Sixty 
That's worth it. You ever done Top Golf? You've heard of it? No, I haven't. You've heard of it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, yeah. I have. Where you just hit the fucking piss out of the ball, and that's it. What if I miss? You got to figure it out. Mm. I think what he's trying to do is he's trying to get something locked in where we go play for a few hours. There's food already there, beer. You know what I mean? Like something because I went with I went with Derek on his last year. But we just like randomly popped up there. We didn't like schedule it and set it all up. You didn't like that. No, I did like that. But I think what Jeremy's saying is when you got 15, 16 people, there's no guarantee. Oh, yeah. That we'll all be able to be together. That's a big group of people because I think you can only do like six people a section. Yeah. So we would need like then there three, three stalls or three, you know what I mean? Right. Um. So great movie concept, right? Great movie concept. Who would play? Who who would be like some of the characters in there? Who you know who I want to play the black guy? Or no, the um the white. Who who would play the main character? The the young man. Have to be white. I know. Or maybe he's not a young man. Maybe. We flash for 20 years, 25 years, 30 years. Maybe he's been torturing them. Maybe he's been doing this shit for years. Now he's old. Leo. Yeah. Yep. Lucky Leo. Somebody that really got range. Yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio. Somebody that'll crush that shit. <laughs> like, we, like you need to get a real nigga. Yeah. Um, Definitely him. We would find a place for Denzel. To be, sure. we would get him a secondary co-star. We would have to have like a, a slave, that has a. A slave that has um. A slave that has some sort of a, consistent pivotal role. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Somehow, some way, they have a relationship. Right. Um. Maybe the slave. Somehow, some way helps consistently. Oh yeah, that's true. Help manage the thing, because you know I'm talking about I'm talking about fifteen twenty people down there, dude, in his basement. I'm talking like a whole operation set up. That's crazy. Yep. Hey, that's what you need someone to help manage. Yep. All right. If you could become brilliant by having a visible scar stretching from your mouth to your ear, would you? Now, I don't think brilliant is what they're trying to say. If you could become famous is probably what they're asking. No. It's a fucking stupid question. Yes. Whoever yeah. put that in there is the dumbest person that ever existed. <laughs> Let me ask another one. That just, what the fuck? Um, yo, what the fuck was that? Yo, what the fuck? That was horrible. Um... How do, I think what I did because I'm talking about just copy and paste. Um, what's a you you give me a topic? That was the worst. That might have been whoever did that. If you if you honestly just shoot me a tweet or a text, I'm literally gonna choke the fucking piss out of you. I'm gonna do like some BDSM choke. I'm gonna choke. Yo. I'm gonna look into your eyes and choke you and watch watch you take your last breath. Yo, that's crazy. I want to put my ear to their mouth and hear and feel the last breath until they die. You know you sound like a serial killer. <laughs> Fuck that shit. <laughs> that was the worst topic I've ever heard. Yeah, that was terrible. Yo. Um, I got one. A master does not care about his position. He only cares about catching the fish. That's why he became a master. Yes. That's my response. Yes. What you, what's your response? <clears throat> uh, Yes. Because if you're so focused on your position and where you are, you forget how to do what got you to where you are. Yep. All right, let's talk about this shit, actually. What's what's the what's the concept of Supreme Comfort 1.0? Supreme Comfort 1.0. I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you categories to make it easy. All right. What's the 22nd vision? 
what's one way that you think you're going to try to market it? What's one partnership that you know you're going to need? And explain how you're trying to make this more of a brand than just clothing. I'll repeat them. If, I'll repeat some of them. Start start with the ones you remember. I'll repeat. All right, what was number one? I'm going to just go down the list. Um, what's the 22nd concept of it? 22nd concept. Um, so it is a it is a streetwear brand, um, which I hope to do well enough that it can branch off into the the big goal of getting into the big boys, the the luxury goods, the Louis Vuittons, the Gucci's, the Christian Dior's. You want to be able to do collaborations with them? No, I want to be one of them. Do you want to do collaborations with them? Yeah, I mean, we could. It would be like Kith? Like, would they do collaborations like that? Yeah, but I want to be seen as one of them top-tier brands, those yeah. elite brands. Yeah. That's where... That's a big goal. I know. It's a crazy goal. And then, you know, when I was asking myself, like, you know, can you really do this? And why, why <coughs> you? And I was like, start thinking, why not me? You know? Do you think... Do you think you need to put yourself... Like, like let me ask you a serious question. If you're being super dead ass about this, do you think you need to put yourself through an intense level of knowledge of the of the luxury fashion goods industry? Yes. Like you think you need to like find a mentor that's like in that space and like go in or how, how do you learn best? Through doing. So you want to learn by trying to build it. Cuz I've talked to you about it. that's like similar to myself. Yeah, I learned through doing. I think that's an ADD thing. I can't. I don't. I don't learn things through you telling me how to do it. I need you to. Show not even. Me. Not even a course. Nope. Yeah, I, I need. I need, to I need to be in that motherfucker. Because it becomes muscle memory. I need to try to sell something and they say fuck you. Yep. And, and then, then I ask them why. Yep. And then eventually, when you do sell something, you're like, okay, why did I sell that? Why did that work? Yep. And I ask them why. What What, what did you like about it? You know, what didn't you like about it? What could be better? Yeah. And you get all that feedback from people. I think that is the thing that maybe I'm missing too. And I think that's like some of the the best entrepreneurs realize what they do well and what they don't do well. And they just do more and strip less. And they do more and strip more. They do more of that and strip more of that other shit that didn't work away. Yeah. And and then they, and then they outsource all the shit they don't do well. Yeah. So Gary Vee does. I think, yeah, I mean, I base my entire entrepreneurial event, like, in, like the way I attack entrepreneurship, you probably can tell is like very driven through his point of view, like yeah. many different things at one time, podcast, speaking, mm-hmm. it's all just, it's just, it's all just constant momentum that I think produces a lot of opportunities, you know? Exactly. Because if you, if you're juggling 30 balls, at least. At least something gotta hit. Something has to hit. Something gotta fucking hit. Something has to hit, and that's why that's why I get why he says you know post four TikTok TikToks a day. Something has to hit. You post four TikToks a day. Let's do the math on that. Is that four times? Three hundred sixty-five days in a year. Yeah. How many is that? Fourteen. Nigga, at least a hundred of them got a hit. Exactly. Something got a hit. And see, that's the issue. People don't like the percentage. People don't like, oh my gosh, only a hundred things are going to go well out of 1,400 times. See, that's the fucking crazy part. Exactly. Like, I would rather it be a hundred out of 1,400 times than 0 for 10 or 0 for 1,000 or 0 for 10,000. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now I will say the, the the stats are horrible. That is a fact. Yeah. If yeah. if if you only are successful now, the key is, and I was listening to a podcast today. The game that I'm probably trying to play now is, if you only are going to hit and get successful twenty percent of the time, the amount of money you need to get has to be big. Huge spurts. Right. So, like I told you with the Beyond Brand shit, if we can get it to fifty. If we can get 50 deals like I just had a year, I'll be able to like passively without doing anything in the business tangibly pay myself 60,000. That though that that is a big enough spurt where I can 
risk not it being you know if I if I try three hundred times and I only succeed fifty, yeah, that sixty thousand passively is worth it. It makes up for everything. So if I were to add up all my time, it actually does add up. Exactly. You know what I mean? But um, and you see that a lot with real estate. Exactly. Some, something has to hit. Yeah. You know, and so that's why you get so many shots up because something has to hit. And when it hit, it's going to hit. You know. Yeah. It's like an NBA with high volume shooters. Yep. They're like, one of these got to go down. Fuck that yep. shit. The more you shoot, Steph the Curry. better you get. Steph, that's, that's, that is be, Steph and Curry. And not, not to get off putting with that, but like, the thing that makes him crazy is he's a high volume 43% shooter. Yep. Like it's high volume and it goes in a lot. Exactly. That's crazy. But I think the point that he puts it up a lot is one of the reasons why it goes in a lot. Exactly. Because you learn from each miss. Yep. Your body does its own little tweak. Okay, let me tweak that. Let me tweak that until you. Just like I did today. <laughs> okay. Can you at least admit publicly I cooked you? And let me wrap this back into that. I'm not learning from my missed <laughs> shots, and that's why. It's not because you're better than me. It's because I'm not Fuck learning. Fuck all that. Fuck all of that, dude. It's because I'm not learning. Fuck all of that. And the moment I'll start learning, it'll start to hit. Do you learn better from praise or criticism? Ah. Well, if we're debating better, I'll say criticism. If if you want to get better at something, so somebody shit on you or should somebody tell you how great you are? Because sometimes telling you how great you are can make you lazy. Sometimes shitting on you can make you be like, okay. I think that... And shitting on you, pro, you know, productively, not like... I don't think any one way works best, I think, when combined. You think combined a little bit? I think so, it gives too. You, it gives you, you know, the praise gives you a little motivation and then the, the negative news, like, okay, well, I did great on that, so I can do that, too. So let me work harder on that. I think something, I'll give you an example. Something I feel every time I go to Baltimore, right? People don't know what the fuck I do. So sometimes when I go down there, I feel like they're like, there are some people down there that still think of me as 23-year-old or 18-year-old or 19-year-old AJ. Right. Right? They don't actually know what I do. So they're like wondering, is he okay? Is he living life? I very rarely post anything. You know what I mean? Right? But I think the tie into what we're talking about, I've shitted on myself so much. This is what I tell. This is what I tell your partner, Sydney, everybody. Like shit on yourself more, but productively than anyone else can even imagine. So like I shit on myself, and then I put myself in a zone where like fuck that, I need to get better. Fuck you, AJ. You need to do better. Right. So that anything bad that happens or anyone's judgment of me is like, bro, you don't think I already shit on me? I control it. I shit it on me ten times harder than you just tried to shit on me. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. So I think, to add to that, I think where a lot of people, where most people get it fucked up, is that they value other people's opinions more than theirs. Yep. <clears throat> yep. All right. Because I have a question or a surprise for you that you can you can accept or deny. But we're gonna do one more topic that I'm gonna ask you. Um, last question or my last question how often in the past it says X months how often in the past 12 months have you felt have you felt your moods and your control of life sway say that first part again how often in the last 6 or 12 months have you felt your control of life and like the sways of life yeah like is life swaying a lot for you right now I can say yeah yeah like you're in a, there's a lot of substantial decisions and experiences that you're processing yeah and I don't think that's a bad thing necessarily are you kind of wondering or waiting for things to not sway or are you okay? Because like I think the thing, I think depression, really what depression is or what anxiety is, is you want it to stop swaying for a second. And like the calibration of life is not matching what you want. Yeah. And you don't realize that you actually control how much it sways. Or do you think you control how much it sways? I think I, my mind could be playing a trick on itself. Oh, shit. That's some, that's some shroom shit. <laughs> yeah. I could... Think that I'm actually, you know, controlling this way when I might not be controlling. Yeah. 
What data should you look at to under to know if you're controlling it or not? Um, I think you should be looking at all aspects of life and situations and evaluating how you feel in those certain situations and yeah. what's going on and really taking your time to pay attention. All right, perfect. This is what we're gonna do. Last thing, you can deny. Did you, you did you do the gym yet? No, I didn't. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, Sydney and I are gonna do something spontaneous because life's been stressful. Do you want to join us to get snowballs? Yeah, I'll get them what you got. Do you remember when you used to do that? Huh? You remember when you used to do that? You probably don't remember. You used to come with us and do snowballs. You don't remember that? Yeah, I do remember. They said you'd be hard. Listen to music, eat some snowballs, enjoy the weather. Yeah. They just opened back up, nigga. They did? They just opened back up snowballs. So, figure we get some snowballs. We're going to do some crazy shit. Snowballs before dinner. Oh, sure. That's crazy. That is crazy. That's wild. It's a radical idea. <laughs> All right. End the episode. Um, what am I focused on right now? I'm more focused on legacy lifestyle values. Um, legacy lifestyle. Ah, fuck. I think I'm, I'm, I think I'm really, fo- I think I'm in like a P. Diddy mode right now. I'm really, I'm really hungry. I'm trying to get a lot of money right now. I think I'm in a money mindset. So if you put that in legacy or lifestyle or I don't know what the fuck, that's really the focus right now. And I think cause like there's a lot of shit to pay for. So that's the focus right now. I think everything else I kind of have on autopilot. Yeah. Right now it's like, it's money time. Yeah. For sure. Money time might be the name of the podcast. Like, it's yeah. money time, nigga. The money team. Well, can't say the money team. Yeah. That's yeah. Floyd. That's Floyd. He really, yeah, he a money. Yeah. Yo. Um, That's a smart man. Yeah. Underrated. Very underrated. As a businessman, underrated. That's a smart man. <laughs> People don't think just because he put his body on the line as his business for a lot of that money. The strategically how we navigated those deals. He mul- he has multiple hundred and two hundred and three hundred million dollar deals. Rolling in for one game. for one fifty five minute moment. Hitting the bank every day, every day. Yeah, that's crazy. So that's that's the goal. Honestly. That's the goal. That is the goal. And to keep that coming for generations and generations, really make a change. Yep. All right, this was a good episode. We're going we're gonna to try to get some snowballs or fucking something, dinner, gym. We're doing something. Trying to see seven figures. Mama, no vacation, but I'm on the island. Since a young nigga, we violent. Call up the Batman, I'm robbing. Niggas ain't on my timing. And my money keep piling and piling. Little nigga, you chucking and chopping. I'm like, mm-hmm, whatever. I'm still with shots at the motherfucking profit. Knock on the door, nigga, let me get. Yeah, we still sending shots up on president. All my niggas is spelling in Netherlands. Shack through the sea with no evidence. Day have you skimming through mega like Mayday? Who the fuck are you talking to crazy? If you don't want no beef, nigga, pay me. Nigga, talk to me nice, nigga, Lele. Why the fuck are you ain't little nigga, little nigga on me? Cause that money gon' stay up on me. Know some niggas that change up on me. That's why I keep tray up on me. Now your bitch wanna lay up on me. And she wanna lay up on me. I remember when I was on E. Huh? Flexin'. If you gettin' bread, why you stressin'? I bought a chain in the tech end. I did 15 on my check-ins Big loop of town when I'm stepping Big 38 for the weapon In my pockets was smoke, yeah, I keep a big roll Walk with a pole, yeah, I'm always on go Remember them days I was all in the slump Remember them days I was playing with 
Remember them days I was playing with? We both had a nigga, why did you run? 